0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to farm chores with uncle. Nope. Wait a minute. Welcome back to story time with uncle Reddit. My name's John and this is r slash malicious compliance. Yep. Kind of been letting my chores get ahead of me again. And, uh, <laughs> so it took a while between. So here's the breakdown. This room here. He won't get on camera, but he's mad at me for not letting him keep his chair. Anyway, this room here is where the babies sleep at nap time. And it's also my recording room. And those two things tend to train wreck quite a bit. So we'll just see how things go. I, I got to get another space to record or build another place for babies to take naps. Uh, because I'm not going to say no, they can't nap. But at the same time, we got things to do. And then you got regular stuff around here. Splitting wood, building firewood racks, building garden beds, putting soil in garden beds, putting plants in soil in garden beds. You know, you you get the idea. Anyway, so, but we're back. Let's, uh, let's make the best of it while we got it. Insist I come to work while nauseous? You got it, sir. I used to be a dispatcher at a transportation company that was forever understaffed. I got some kind of stomach bug and was out for two days. On day three, I call off again, but my manager insisted that I come in. I kept saying, I'm sick, and I wouldn't be able to focus, and I'd probably be going to the toilet often, but he demanded I come in and at least try to power through the day. I was out of sick days and had no doctor's notes, so he threatened to write me up, which would affect my raise later on in the year. I said, I see, okay, and I already knew what I was going to do. So I dragged myself to my car, clocked in, went to my station, an office at the back of a warehouse with three or four desktops. I logged into my computer and immediately puked all over the keyboard and hard drive. Ew! I got on the dispatch radio that connects a dozen or so associates. They're like walkie-talkies. Knowing the manager had one too and said, Come in, come in. Sorry, everyone, but you're going to have to send someone to clean the back office. I vomited all over my workstation. I'll be heading out for the day. I'll send an email. I left without saying anything further. I was only clocked in for 10 minutes, but by law, unless I volunteer to sign a waiver, I have to be paid four hours just for showing up. I had a feeling the manager would be too embarrassed to try and bring this up with me, and I was right. I got paid a half day's wage to barf on hundreds of dollars of company property. Well, if ever there was malicious compliance, that really does fit the bill. Uh, Going into work and barfing all over the equipment, that'll do it. I had a boss once who uh, swore up and down that I wasn't sick, I was faking, whatever. You know, the laws weren't exactly that strict on them kind of trying to force us to come to work or be fired. Uh, I've always kind of lived in a no-cause state. And uh, yeah, so I said, all right, I'll come to work if you think I'm faking. And uh, at the time, I was pumping gas. And in New Jersey, as you know, you can't pump your own gas as a consumer. You have to have somebody pump it for you. So we sat in one of those little booths between all the gas pumps, and uh, when there was a lull in customers i went and sat down in the booth for a minute we didn't even have a chair in there we had stacked up milk crates which worked you know as long as i had a wall to lean against and uh i no sooner sat down on the milk crates and puked all over the credit card machine now keep in mind back then credit card machines were not digital they were the old chonky you know stick the card in stick the carbon the carbon paper in ka-chunk ka back and forth so it makes an imprint of the card I puked all over that thing. It took somebody hours to clean that up because I sure as hell didn't do it. I went home. Serves him right. Don't bother me unless it's an emergency. This morning, I got into my car and realized I left my headlights on. Thankfully, modern technology meant it had automatically switched off when the key was removed. But it reminded me of a time where that wasn't so. Many, many years ago, I was working on one of my first jobs in a little cafe nearing the end of my training period. It was a quiet day, perfect to put the newbie on with only one experienced staff member. The experienced staff member called in sick. The boss had to come in and cover until Sue could come in early. Boss wanted to use that time on site to do paperwork out the back. I'll be in here if you have any questions. I very annoyingly had a lot of questions. How to avoid an incorrect transaction? Where to find more special paper for the credit card machine? What to do when the coffee grinder stopped working? Finally, boss said, I'm busy. Don't bother me unless it's an emergency. Let me know when sue is here shyly i replied that's what i came to tell you sue just arrived great any more questions ask her sue took over the coffee area and got me on restocking clearing tables and emptying the bins and other necessary grunt work i went out to the outside bins through the little staff parking area and saw my boss's old car there with the headlights still on i went back to my boss's office boss is it an emergency boss snapped not to me i replied then go away i left quickly. I went to tell Sue instead. Um, Sue? Then I changed my mind. Boss doesn't want to be disturbed unless it's an emergency, so I'm supposed to ask you if I have any more questions. Sue and I worked pleasantly until the end of my shift a few hours later. As I gathered my things to leave, Boss ran by me, knocking into me a bit. Without turning around to see if I was okay, Boss said, Sorry, I'm in a rush. I slowed down to see what happened next, getting out my brick of a phone to text my mother I was on my way home. I could hear my boss swearing. OP! Oh, no. Boss realized what I was going to tell him earlier. I was in trouble. Can you bring your car in and give me a jump start? My battery's flat. Only a few cars could fit, so only senior staff and management could park there. I walked here. I lived 10 minutes walk up the hill. I raced off before Boss could blame me. The next time I was on shift with Sue, I asked what happened to Boss. Headlights got left on. Got a flat battery. Boss tried to jump start it with my car, but it didn't work. Had to call a taxi. Funny that neither of us noticed the lights were on when we walked by it. And I realized, of course, she had to have seen it when she walked in. I can only imagine why she didn't say anything either. Yeah, gotta be careful what you wish for, kids. Um, you know, there have been times I said things like that, you know. Unless your hair's on fire or whatever, don't come bother me. Yeah, that's not always a good idea. If it's important, then come and tell me. But don't bother me for trivial everyday things because... I really have a lot of things to do. Uh, There is a difference, and sometimes we say things in haste that really sets us up for our own malicious compliance. So, oh, well. The Wage Theft Tango. The phones in the call center are open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. I work a later shift from 11.30 to 8. One week, the following happens. Monday, I clock into my job at 11.30 a.m. Do five minutes of setup and start taking phone calls from customers by 11.35 I clock out at 8 p.m. that night. Sometime during the day, a memo comes down from corporate. Call center representatives should start taking calls the moment their shift is scheduled to start. Tuesday, in order to avoid working off the clock, I clock into my job at 11.15 a.m. Do five minutes of setup, 10 minutes of administrative work, and start taking phone calls from customers at 11.30 a.m. When my shift officially starts. I clock out at 8 p.m., having done 15 minutes of overtime that day. Wednesday, in order to avoid working off the clock, I clock into my job at 11.15 a.m., do 5 minutes of setup, 10 minutes of administrative work, and start taking phone calls from customers at 11.30 a.m. when my shift officially starts. Sometime during the day, a memo comes down from corporate. Overtime is not approved for call center representatives. I clock out early at 7.45 p.m. in order to avoid doing overtime. Thursday, starting at 11.25 a.m., I do 5 minutes of setup. I clock in at 11.30 and start taking calls immediately. I stop working at 7:55, but don't clock out just yet. I'll be damned if I will let corporate make me a victim of wage theft. Over the next five minutes, a couple calls from last-minute Karen's comes in. I don't take the calls, and at 8 p.m. I clock out. The customers eventually hang up, disappointed. Friday, starting at 11:25 a.m., I do five minutes of setup. I clock in at 11:30 and start taking calls immediately. Sometime during the day, my boss comes to talk to me. Boss. When you clocked out at 8 last night, there were still customers waiting in the call queue. Why didn't you take their calls? Me, sorry boss, my shift ends at 8, and overtime is not approved for call center reps. Boss, oh well, you're allowed to stay late to finish up the customers that call in. Me, sure thing boss, can I have that in writing? Later that day, a memo comes down from corporate. Overtime for business needs is approved for call center representatives. (laughs) At 7.59pm, a last minute Karen calls in. I help her until 8.05. I clock off at 8.15 to make sure I get paid for the extra 10 minutes of work I did. Keep trying, corporate. I'm hourly. Yeah, I love it when they think that you're supposed to take your personal time to set up for the job that they require of you, but they don't want to pay you for that time. It's just mind-blowing how they think you're just instantaneously going to be set up and ready to take calls at exactly 11.30. You know, you want me to clock in at 11.30? Cool, I clock in at 11.30, do my administrative tasks, whatever, set up, blah, blah, blah and then start taking calls. Well, you don't like that? You gotta give me some time to do it in there somewhere if it's part of my contracted job, so... Good on you, OP, though. Yeah, don't let them steal your time. Don't steal their time either, but don't let them steal yours for sure. One of us has to be on site. I currently work in HR for a company that's been mistreating their employees and frequently talks down to them, speaking to them as if they're not smart enough to understand what she's saying and as though they're beneath her. It's only been about six months since I started here, and I noticed it pretty quickly. After I mentioned it to the most guilty manager, I began getting talked down to. At one time, after I called out sick, I got reprimanded, stating that I had to be on site whenever my manager was not. This was the first time it was being mentioned to me, though. So I can't be sick if she's out? They couldn't find anything else to fuss at me about, so that was it. Over the past few months, I had built a relationship with the hourly employees, which are in a union. They tell me about whispers around the plant. Future plans, who's thinking about quitting, family stuff, really just whatever they want to talk about. Recently, I landed a great job, which I start in a couple weeks. I found out that my manager is going to be out of town the week before I'm supposed to start my new job. My plan was to work up until I start the new job, but then I was talked down to again by this same toxic manager. So I went into her office and told her that I know she isn't supposed to be at work on XYZ dates, but she would have to be in since one of us has to be on site and I'll no longer work here then. Needless to say, she was pretty upset that she had to change her plans, and I've been getting the evil eye from her since I dropped my notice. I've been hearing her complaining to coworkers about how she had to cancel her trip, but she's been extremely nice to my face and hasn't talked down to me once. I can understand with high-pressure jobs, family things, whatever's going on in life that, you know, sometimes you get edgy and you start, you might snipe a little bit. Coming from bosses, employees, whatever, it shouldn't happen, but it does. If it's an occasional thing, it can be overlooked or worked through, whatever. But if it's a daily habit, like a like a lifestyle for these people to talk down to other people, and I've seen employees do it to bosses too, so it works both ways. If that's just the way you're wired, then uh, yeah, you suck. Funny MCE over expense reports. This is currently going on in a company where I consult. I'm not an employee there, but work closely with their architect who's having a blast watching this unfold. I got the okay to post from him. It's not my story, so please don't upvote, but I want to see the comments. The company has two sites, one in Miami and one in Fort Lauderdale. They have some field employees generally work from their location closest to them with occasional visits to the other office. Due to some recent flooding and roof damage, about five feet, law-based employees have to work from the Miami office. This is not generally a problem. However, when these employees filled in their expense reports for the mileage to the Miami office, they were told that their home office is now Miami for the duration of the repairs. Time to and from work to start and end the day is not considered to be work time. Their expense reports were not approved and they had to redo them. The Miami commute adds about 90 minutes to their day, plus about 50 extra miles per day for each employee. They are pissed off. Here's what they're doing. Company rules say they have to check in by 8 a.m. at their home office. They need to be on the road by about 8.30 a.m. to get to the customer site. This rule was generally ignored in the past, but it's an official rule in the handbook. They also have rules against taking company property home, in the past, this rule was pretty much ignored because it allowed the field agent to go directly from home to the customer site and directly home after the day is done. It's expensive equipment, sure. Fluke meters, some test equipment, etc. So I get why the rule's there. So now these employees are checking in at 8 a.m., which means they leave their house at 6 a.m., saying hello, picking up a work order, yes, it's available by email, and getting back on the road back to their Fort Lauderdale job sites. These miles are expensive. At the end, they're driving back to Miami to drop off their equipment, Because it's in the rule book. They're adding something like four hours to their day at least, but charging back a ton of mileage and hours that the company could have avoided by just allowing the mileage expenses. At this point, it's a battle of willpower to see who will cave first. I'm definitely rooting for the field agents on this one. Again, I don't think it's the company's intention to steal their employees' time or whatever, but that's the result of asking for what they're asking for. You know, this is your home office. Okay. I mean, it's going to cost you one way or the other. If I follow the rules to a T, here's what's going to happen. But they are what they are. A lot of people sitting behind desks that have no idea of the practicalities of driving from home to work to the customers and back again. Yeah, they set up their own rulebook for failure, and here you go. Two Petty Victories Over Finance Karen my former employer's rule book says they would reimburse 45p per mile if somebody with a petrol or gasoline car needs to drive out to the office, but only 11p per mile to EV drivers. Even though you could argue that running costs are comparable if you factor in the higher price of an EV. So petrol car ownership is a money spinner as most cost far less than 45p per mile to run. But with the recent increase in electricity prices, my EV now costs about 13p per mile to run if I charge it at home or almost 25p per mile if I use a public charger. They've all been bought by oil companies who now fix the price so it's no cheaper than petrol. So no grifting profit for me. Finance Karen told me that's government rules and to look it up if I don't like it. So I did, and I found that technically my car is a hybrid, as even though it's all electric to the wheels, it has a generator which I could fill with 8 liters of petrol to recharge the battery and extend the electric range. I rarely use it, but it's a loophole I'm willing to exploit. Since company rules don't mention hybrids, but the holier-than-thou government rules say it's counted as a petrol car for the purposes of reimbursement. So I could drive to work for 13p per mile using only electric, but they'd have to reimburse me 45p per mile if it were a petrol car. Government rules. There's more. When I pointed this out, Finance Karen said that because I live less than an hour from the office, I don't qualify for the reimbursement at all. And she was right. If I was traveling to work at the time of day that she Googled my address, it would take less than an hour but if they wanted me to commute at rush hour, it would be five minutes over the threshold. Finance Karen rejected my expense claim, of course. I talked through all of this with my manager with the help of Google Maps, and he went over her head and approved it, saying they're either rules or they're not. Karen can't just bend them to suit her. So I won. A petty victory. Well, setting aside my own personal, weird feelings about electric vehicles, and I, don't get me wrong, I like electric vehicles, and the technology has come so far so fast, uh, I'm just not... I'm not ready for all that yet. Anyway, uh, yeah, rules are rules. Um, if they if they're outdated, and most of the time corporate rules aren't keeping up with the technology and uh, the fact that more and more people are using them. Yeah, you know, either corporate has to keep up or eat crap when the time comes and you uh, learn all the loopholes. Oh well. Well, I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me today. If you're on YouTube watching this, do me a favor, give me a thumbs up, leave a comment down below, interact, share this with friends and family. If you're on the podcast format, uh, wherever podcasts are is pretty much where you can find us, then go ahead and leave a rating or if there's a spot where you can interact and comment, please do that too. I like hearing from you guys. It gives me ideas for future videos. Uh, If I flub, which happens every video at least once or twice, you guys can point it out to me, feel better about yourselves, and uh, maybe I get to learn something. Probably will. might not follow it, but I learned something. All right. See ya.